father's table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome back to another episode of the Father's Table podcast. Today, uh, I have a very special guest. This is my uncle, my uncle Junebug, and um, this is a very uh, special privilege to have him sitting here. Uh, he agreed to do this, and it's really been um, awesome. Um, so we just want to keep it along with like this family theme I have going on. Um, so Uncle June, but uh, <coughs> introduce yourself. Say a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm an old man, but I'm three times three scores t- plus ten, and uh, I think uh, I am a positive thinking individual with. Uh, positive attitudes and toward life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, and uh, I'm uh, pretty open-minded, and I have a a general love for family. Awesome, awesome. And understand you're a bowler, too. Bold. I bowl a lot. lot. (laughs) That's cool. I average around 210, 215. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming and joining us on this conversation. Sure. So the first thing I would like to ask you to do is to close your eyes, take three deep breaths, and tell me what comes to mind when you think about your father. And when you're ready, you could just go ahead. My father was, uh, in my view, a great man. He was limited in um, education. Uh, he was limited, limited in uh, his view of rearing children. He 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 gave us a lot, or he gave us all he had. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? He lacked. He educated himself by reading uh, many different uh, books and material that he could pass it on, such as he had. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, in your view, <clears throat> Grandpa uh, was a self learner, and you are the oldest of six children. Correct. Now, this is very interesting because you got a view of, I call, for the people listening, I call my grandmother Nana. Um, <laughs> so you had a view of Nana and Grandpa before the kids, before the grandparents, where it was just you three. Right. So walk me through that. How was it when it was just you three and you came into the picture and everything like that? It was It was kind of... Uh... I guess different in this term. It was different that my father was the provider. He would he would work every day, uh, and mom was the nurturer, and she was a very strong-willed woman. And my father, in 
many times trying to keep peace because it's been always geared that men had to be the, you know, the, the alpha dog and, <laughs> you know, but, but in my, in my case, my mom was very, very strong willed and my father, in order to be stronger than her, he took the submissive role. You mm. know, he didn't, he didn't assert himself superior over her, although he could have. Okay. And he relied a lot on his prayer life and his attitude toward God. Oh, okay. So you saw that relationship through Grandpa at an early age. Like, that was always in the home, incorporated yes. in the home. Oh, yes. okay. And you said he took more of a submissive role because <clears throat> Nana was more of a, an ag aggressive kind of, you know... Uh, not really submissive, but Grandpa took the submissive role to, to keep the peace. To keep peace and balance uh, for the family, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, my father told me on, on a number of occasions that he knew he was a saved man because he had to take that submissive role because mm -hmm. God kind of gave him that because he also gave my mother the aggressive role. Okay. And so in order for it to be harmony and peace in the family, you know, you can't have two bulls ramming each other. Somebody had to take a back seat, and my father did that. Oh, because of the love and the, and the sake of, of the peace. Love. The love and, and, and the, ability, the, the ability to keep the family in check. Gotcha. So walk me through like uh, like in elementary school, you know, you're growing up and you're kind of seeing the roles as you described it. So how did that impact you in elementary school, like around that time of your life, if you can remember back? Yeah, it, there was a lot of uh, harmony in our family structure. Uh, Mom would would send us off to school. Pop would pick us up. Uh, they also, together, collectively, they made sure we would do what was required of us. And our studies had to be first and foremost. And my father, because his educational uh, prowess was a little limited, he really wanted to make sure that we did better or would go farther than he. Oh. So it was a it was it was a combination of the two working together. Gotcha. And <clears throat> it seems like cuz that's how it was in my house too. Education was was definitely top priority going to school. And you being the oldest, you know, taking on that role of the older brother, uh you were Kind, were you? Would you say you were a model for the other kids to follow, or did everyone have their own personality? Or you saw a change in parenting, like as things as you got older, and you're like, okay. Well, you know, both of my parents were not familiar with raising children. They not, they didn't have any education as far as their parenting and how they raised them in as far as uh, education and, and going forward. So I feel like 
I was pretty much the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> so because I was first, you know, they did what they did toward me and uh, learned from that. So where they pushed education, it was really pushed after me. Oh, I see. Because I, I kind of went to the military and working, and my parents both made sure that my sisters went the educational route. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So would you say, like, your grades, were, did you have, like, okay grades in school? Like, was it, like, doing well in school was a top priority for you? Or you just went to school, grew, and things like that? You kind of Initially, really... in, in, in uh, grade school, uh, you know, I kind of did what I wanted to do. When it got to junior high, then the focus came in, and the par- my parents were talked to counselors and, and said what I needed to advance. Uh, so they made sure that I started to buckle down, especially in the junior high. You gotcha. know where education was the key. They they back check what I was doing as far as the homework and that, and that kind of thing, and uh, they made sure that uh, I, in fact, my high school, I went to a technical school, high school, versus uh, uh, a very academic high school. Whereas my sisters after me and my brother they were definitely geared in the educational way. So their high schooling with to, to positive uh, thinking schools, uh, their uh, academics were expected high of them. Their grades reflected that, you know. So after me, they were really, really uh, geared and directed to be success in the education area. Yeah, I I, 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 I can see that. Because when I was born and I was growing up, education was always a big thing. Um, and I remember my mom telling me, it's either my mom or my dad, someone said something like, "You, if you, if you don't go to college, you're going to the Army or something like that. And I was like, I want to go to the Army. Yeah, right. So I started applying for schools. But my educational experience in high school, I could take or leave high school. I really didn't like school. You know, I was one of those kids that uh, parents make you go to school, whatever. Um, so I, I could understand where, you know, Nana and Grandpa are trying to figure out, okay, this is how we're going to do with our son. And then they see some areas of like, okay, we're not going to do that with the other ones. Exactly. And by the time where you were in junior high, uh, how many siblings did you have by that time? When I <clears throat> went to junior high, there were six of us total. Oh, by the time my, you... Oh, to- oh. Yeah, because my, my brother, who was the baby, and he's like, 10 years back back of me so he being the baby by that time my sisters were all 
geared toward an academic direction. And so Byron had to fall right into that as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was the only one who was like the experiment pretty much. And <laughs> and unless you have, unless, it, what's difficult about my pop, my pop had limited resources to fall back on mm-hmm. because of his parenting. So he could only give me so much. Right. So once he did that, then being a religious guy, he relied on God to add to me what he could give. You know, so that made a a big difference in my life because between God and my father, Mm -hmm. they kind of directed my path. Gotcha. Now... Now, I understand you mentioned that you were enrolled in the military. What did what prompted that decision? Decision. Because I did not have the direction for um going to college, uh that kind of thing. So, my parents realized that I needed to do something. Mhm. I didn't want, they didn't want me to be a street kid and, and and walking up and back down the street with nothing else to do. So I told my parents that if I'm going to accomplish this, then I need to go to the military because I'm not going to school. That wasn't my direction. And I don't believe that was my calling. So I told them I was going in the Air Force they both was on board with that, and uh, I, I went off. But they made sure that that was never a decision for the rest of my siblings. That oh, was a, That okay. was not to be. <laughs> yeah, that so that was just taken off the table when it came to the rest yeah, of the... Exactly. Gotcha. It seems like you, at that age, I guess it was 17 or 18. Right. Um, you must have had a relationship with Grandpa to say, hey, listen, I want to do this. And you said they were on board. Was there any resistance from Grandpa a little bit initially? Like, hey, I don't think you should do that. Or was he like, okay, your man, make your decision? Again, my father did not have much in the way of resources to fall back on to give me any direction. Mm-hmm. You know, my father... He, he grew up working from from early. So he had to drop out of school when he was in the eighth grade. And he just had to work and work and work. So he, he didn't have choices for me to take. So when I mentioned the military, going in the military, he had no choice but to say, Okay, this is your direction. Then, then, then go. There was no resistance coming from him. Gotcha, gotcha. So you went to the Maryland here. You served. How long did you serve? Four years in the Air Force. Four years. Did you return back to home afterwards, or you? Yes. When I went in the military, and this is where I think God intervened, because when I went in the military, I. I learned so much about how 
I needed to direct myself in a positive way in this world if I'm going to survive. So when I when I went into military, came out, education was high on my my list. I started educating myself, going to school, went to Temple for a couple of years, uh, went to Delaware and got married, and then uh, that was after the military. After the military, okay, okay. I, when I got out, and uh, so that was my direction, and then of course my with my children, because of I had a little more than my father, I was able to direct them in a little better way, better way. Oh, okay. So how how was the relationship with <coughs> with grandpa after the military? Were you still did you, I'm sure you, obviously you were a lot more mature man. You were in the armed forces. And for them, when I see them on movies, it's a, you know, structure, order, getting up, being punctual with time and all exactly. those things. Yeah. So I'm, you come back with all those things. Did, did you and grandpa relationship blossom? Like what me through your relationship after you returned? From my relationship with my father was stronger when I got out because we kind of shared with each other. And my father was always a champion in what I wanted to do, any direction. Little simple things like the sports I used to get in. He, he was very active in his you know, cheer me on and, and that kind of thing. He he would not, uh, my father played no sports. Uh, my, again, my father was not an educated man. So those th- kind of things, he he could only sit back and give me a, 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 a boy as far as that goes. We talked about a, a, a lot of things as far as, like with me, I, I used to always talk to him about the things that he did in his life when he was young and how he worked in fields and and, and and worked real hard at dropping out of school. The one thing he did not want, for even for me, which since I was a first, and definitely not for the rest of my siblings, is to ignore schooling, ignore education. Yeah, my father was a very red man, self-taught red man, and he would read a lot. and And there was a lot of things he would he would pass on to me, the things that he read, that affected me, and I and I enjoyed them to hear these seventy years. So, we we had a strong relationship. We had a strong relationship. I appreciated what he could do for me or give me. And because of that, our love and bond was strong. Oh, wow. That's great. And uh, let's backtrack a little bit. You said he dropped out of school and he worked in the, he worked in the fields and he had to drop out. Can you, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. It, uh, back in those days, you know, schooling was really a low priority. In, in the black communities down south. And so they had like work fields, uh, cotton, tobacco, uh, beans, and stuff like that. 
in order for them to survive, a lot of those families to survive, the kids had to drop out of school and work. The male kids had to drop out of school and work. And that's what he had to do. And then his family, uh, his mom, uh, and a sister and a brother, they, they migrated to Philadelphia. And that's where he came up to Philadelphia. And, and my father was a workaholic. If you teach him or tell him, show him how to do a thing, he, he would do it to the letter. And that's just the way he was. And, and, and he worked, uh, we, in our early days, he worked in Campbell Soup in, in, in New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey. I remember that. We lived in Philly. And uh, every day he was on his way to work. He would go to work, come back. You know, he would have, uh, uh, on Fridays, he would always come in. He would always stop at a, a donut shop, bring us donuts. And these are things that we remember down through the years because he was always <coughs> concerned with us in that in that area. You know, so I, I give him kudos because he he gave us what he had. Yeah, he gave yeah. us what he had. It seems like he passed on a very strong work ethic to provide for the family. No question. And that was the number one thing that seemed to be on Grandpa's heart. Um, so you you mentioned you got married. Um, so you get married. Did you call Grandpa often for marital advice if you needed it? Was he a good source of information or not? Really. He 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 was without speaking the word. Okay. And uh we talked a lot about marital uh situations after way after I was married. You know, I, because I knew what my dad was going through uh with my mom. Mm -hmm. And uh my mom was not a very easy person to deal with. She, like I said, she had a strong will, uh, and and my father had to be able to deal with that or walk away. I, I think if he was a modern man in these modern times, they probably wouldn't have been together, you know. But <laughs> but he was a he was a strong man, and he gave us what he had and. All of my siblings, the same thing. That's the way he would do. He would now when I would have certain problems. I remember one in particular, where I, I me and my wife would just not get along, and he would always say, "You know, Junebug, that's what he would call me. Junebug, what you got to do is you just got to pray, and if and you got to remember your children." And go from there, and you know he didn't have he didn't talk he wasn't long winded he talked a lot but what he said had impact. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like that's what uh, that's the fuel that kept him. It's just like you know you gotta exactly. pray because that's exactly. what he had. And I just think of how great his faith was. It's just he didn't know too much. I guess he read as many books as he could. <laughs> But he dropped out of school. Exactly. But all he knew was like, look, praying and thinking about you guys exactly. will sustain me. And that's that speaks to a lot of uh, volume right there. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. He and you know, because of the way he was raised, he did not want any of us to actually perpetuate the way he was. Mm. He wanted us to be better. You know, and, and again, if, if, if each generation <coughs> learns a little something from the past generation, then they can pass over positive attributes to the to the next generation. So that's what he did with us. He 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 he, he showed his love. Uh, he wasn't a overly affectionate man with with our with our siblings, my siblings, but he was a loving man. So we oh, took that yeah. to heart. Yeah, that that seems that seems really uh, interesting. You know, just thinking about Grandpa. It it seems like now I've interviewed my mom, your sister, and it seems like you guys it's two different views of Grandpa. Um, and I I think you have the overall view and a male point of view as well. It's like, hey, we've had some conversation. He let me in on a couple of things, just some struggle, some things he struggled with. And um, that's just remarkable that you and him got to that level in a relationship uh, because that's not really there in a lot of, I guess, father and sons. You know, some relationships, you know, that you can't be transparent with your fathers and kids and things like that, and it could stifle it a little bit. But, you know, I, I always hoped <clears throat> that with my sons that I could give them a little more than my father did. That would mean communication with them, uh, do's and don'ts, you know, uh, how they want, they need to be directed when it comes down to wives and their children. You know, so again, I, I, I took what he, my dad gave me and it might have been little as far as volume, but it was great impact on on me and my direction because what he didn't have God gave me the rest and mm -hmm. and so I was able to pass on to my sons more than my father passed on to me because mm -hmm. in any any family structure you you can't you can't give to the next generation what you don't have right you can you can only give them what you have and hope that's enough to sustain him, you know. But uh, my father was able to do that, and again, he was—he wasn't a a man that just talked a lot, but he carried a big stick. He carried—he mm -hmm. carried a big stick. My sisters were spoiled by him, you know. <laughs> and so they, my father knew that from a male perspective, a male had to be a little stronger. You know, as far as approach it to world to life, uh, so he knew that. But with my sisters, he really spoiled them. He really spoiled them. Gotcha. And going back to Nana and Grandpa's relationship, did do you think, in your opinion, that he wishes? You know, I guess the the personalities were switched where Nana was probably a little bit more submissive and Grandpa was out there in the forefront. 
Do you think he kind of had that or he just accepted it? I, I think deep down he he would have wanted that, but he was a realist. He, he realized he was limited. And so since my mother was so aggressive and uh, he he knew that if he allowed her to be aggressive and he take the submissive role, that they can accomplish what he desired in his heart. So my pop, my pop would say, uh, he would call my mother Lil. All right, Lil, go ahead. Go, do, go ahead and do it. You're going to do it anyway, so go ahead. He would do that. But he was, in, in certain areas, he was very strong and very forceful. Mm-hmm. You know, but they were few and far in between. Gotcha, gotcha. So moving on, you get married, have children. Now you said the information was there as far as the marriage is concerned. What about bringing up young children? Because you have two boys and a little girl, and not little and a girl, girl, older girl, but. Uh, was how vocal was he then um, with raising kids? Did you call him like, hey, you know, this is happening with the kids. The relationship is like this. Did he have tips like, oh, try to do this with the kids or, you know, because I because personally for me, uh, I call my mom sometimes with, when things is going on with my son um, for marriage advice. I tend to not call. I tend to try to call the men in my life uh, to get a male point of view. Um, cause in married men, rather. Exactly. That have been in it longer. I get some experiences um, that they've had that they can share with me that may work. Exactly. So, but as far as kids go, uh, do you did you get the grandpa give any? information or experiences he could share with you that might help? He he, he did when he, uh, he would never, ever, he would, like I said, he would spoil my sisters. Mm-hmm. He would spoil my sisters, and as far as I was concerned, he was stern in behavior situations. Uh, so what he would tell me after I got married and started having children is that I need to be on top of what they're into or what they're doing. I, mm. I needed to take the lead role. In, in other words, where he was passive with my mother, he talked to me about being aggressive with my family. You know, gotcha. he did talk that. So he, he would say that, you know, but he knew in his position it was different. So I think he reflected and said, do as I say and not as I do. I have done. You know, so it was one of those kind of things. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we're just wrapping up here. Uh, now, we mentioned you were a bowler. What, what's uh, piqued your interest in bowling? Who got you interested in bowling growing up? Uh, actually, I when I was... Uh, married and the the uh, company I worked for had a bowling team 
And so, just for the sake of something to do, the guy talked me into it, and I started bowling with the company team, and I was hooked on it ever since. You know, and that's one of the things that my father, he, he never saw me bowl. Oh, I was about to ask you, did you ever he, go bowling he, with him? He, he never saw me bowl, but he was always interested in what I did bowling. Mm. In fact, one uh, one year I was in Scranton, and uh, I bowled a 298 game, uh, and they they had me in the paper, newspapers, saying that, oh, wow, you know, you did you did all of this, you accomplished this, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I, when I, so when I got that paper and I brought it back to my father, I just saw uh, just a, a, a look on his face of being proud of, of what I was doing. So he, even though he never saw me bowl, he was very interested. Cool. So, life goes on. You get older. You have kids. You have grandkids. Grandpa gets a little sick. He passes away. Um, how was your relationship with him in those last years? Those last years, <clears throat> it was difficult because... When you see a giant, in my view, that's what he was, even with his limited areas that <clears throat> that he brought into the to the our view, it was so hard to see this strong giant of a man become weak and <clears throat> not this virile person that you expect all the time. I, I, my father always worked. He was always, he was a walker. He would just go out and walk from blocks and blocks and blocks. And so when you saw that coming to an end because uh, of the weakness, because of what he was going through, it, it humbled you. It at least it humbled me. And I, I, I always look at myself and, and and I kind of vision myself a strong individual physically like he was, you know. And so sometimes even when I feel out of sorts, I kind of push myself because it, I don't want my children to feel like I felt when my father started to weaken. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, that's the way I... Man. Gotcha. Uh, last question. Do you think Grandpa would be proud of where you are right now in your life? Absolutely. My, mm -hmm. my father would be proud of six children that he produced. He he would be a be very proud. He's uh, you know, he was. He was a very positive man. In fact, sometimes when I'm alone sometime and I look at his picture, you know, I get a sense of strength illuminating from that from that picture. I, I see a strong willed man 
and uh, I'm very proud, man, of where I am today. You know, I of course I look at myself and and, and want to be the best of every any situation. My I want my sons, my child, my daughter, to be uh, at best they can be. You know, but uh, when I think about this man, my father, who who gave me life, uh, it actually brings tears to my eyes, you know, because I know, you know, there's a, a piece in the Bible that talks about the widow's might, where this woman gave everything she had, which was very little, a penny, to the man of God, and was blessed because of that. Mm. And so I, I look at my father and I see that sacrifice that he made for my family and I, I tear up because he gave us everything he had, everything he had. And it was, it was a little bit too. It, it was like a, a penny. <laughs> it was a penny in value as far as that goes. But that was everything. That was everything. He gave us everything, you know, so when, when I think of him and what he's done and the sacrifice he made, it makes me feel that whatever I can do for my children, I should be in that same mode. And hopefully and prayerfully that my children would say the same thing about their offspring, their children. Because every generation, every generation should have more than the generation past. Mm -hmm. You know, where my father had, had little, I was able to acquire a little more and pass it on to my children and they should have more and pass it on. So four or five generations, we're talking about a, a wealth as far as a, a family is concerned. Got it, got it. Um, just to end, when you said that, I was just visualizing, um, they're really big around here. I'm recording this live in Pensacola, New Jersey, by the way. Um, there's a lot of family-owned businesses, and you'd be surprised how many generations they're passing down, and that business is kept in the family, passed to the kids, to exactly. the kids' kids, to the kids' kids' kids, exactly. and that's wealth accumulating exactly. and growing through the line exactly. and it's it's, just a, it's like a well of water uh, but uncle thank you so much for, for doing this, this um, and th guys thank you for listening uh, have a wonderful day and I'll see you next time any last words not at all I appreciate you having me and educate me on this and uh, so I just wish the best for you uh, thanks, Uncle. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace.